Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to get all of the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, our panel today is the usual crew of Adam. We've got him on Twitter at Adam Barnhart, Barnhart spelled B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T, and Rhiannon, who's on Facebook, as, as she's on Twitter as Brooklyn Wallace. You can find her at Shot of Patron. And I'm Caleb. You can find me at Caleb A. Borchers. Borchers, B-O-R-C-H-E-R-S. You may have noticed that I said that slightly differently than I do on most weeks because we have lots of cool news and stuff to talk about, don't we, guys? Yeah. Bunches of cool stuff. Rhiannon, Adam and I uh, kind of did a video about this the other day, so do you want to uh, go ahead and... Uh, you, you, we'll let you talk this time. What, what's going on with Marvel News Desk, and what are you getting excited about? <laughs> I and I apologize that I haven't watched your video, so you know this will be like one of those truth tests of are we all saying the same thing? But uh, Marvel News Desk is branching out and becoming. We're going to be a multimedia site, independent from any other site at the time. Um, we're going to have lots of YouTube videos, more podcasts, maybe, um, slowly growing to do stuff, but some of the big changes being, uh, we plan to cover the whole Marvel universe on television and movies and possibly even comics and toys and, um, but just sort of not limit ourselves to the Marvel cinematic universe anymore. And, um... Yeah, and it's our own venture. Um, so it's the three of us, and we're building it up from scratch. So um, we're we're really excited because we also have our buddy Charles on board. And Charles is the person over at the MCU Exchange that made those fantastic super cuts that everybody has seen. So if you saw, the, the, the most famous of them all is his Civil War super cut, where he showed everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that built up to Civil War. And he is going to be doing an Infinity War supercut. You can see a tiny little preview of it. I think it's on our Patreon site. Um, and you can see it a week earlier than the rest of the world if you become one of our Patreon subscribers of any dollar amount. Any. That's right. Um, any amount. A single buck does it. So. Yeah, but we recommend 100 so, yeah. <laughs> we would like one billion dollars or a million. Yeah, one will do it it's really up to you it just yeah. depends on how generous you're feeling one, really yeah if you really like us you can do a hundred no um you know one dollar two dollars you know a, a, a little bit to chip in makes the site sustainable sustainability is one of our big goals with this site have something that um you know that we do every week and it pays the bills for, for the site, not all of our bills, because some of us have expensive bills. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so, uh, one of us has kids, and I hear they're expensive. So, um, so that is, is that the rundown on our new venture? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, uh, you know, as far as the Patreon goes, if you guys have supported our Patreon before, you're not losing anything. In fact, you're just getting more. Uh, so for every level, there's additional benefits now that are going to happen with this change. Uh, we have seen a growth in our Patreons, which is good. We're up to about 17 patrons now, and we had about eight, I think, before. So that's that's cool to see. Um, as Rhiannon said, um, the biggest thing is if you support us uh, via Patreon.com, uh, it's going to be a lot of different YouTube stuff, but Charles uh, Supercut will be sort of a significant one. Uh, those things will be available to you at least a week ahead. Excuse me. Um, and so you'll just be able to get them to see them faster and uh, early access is, is kind of one of the cool things. But also, you know, Adam, we're opening kind of some new avenues that we haven't had before. We've really just kind of had the SoundCloud before, but there are lots of new ways for people to follow and interact now, right? Yeah, we are, I guess the best word would be consumability. Is that a word or did I just make that up? We are going to be on, well, we are on a lot of platforms. I mean, our Facebook page has grown this week. 
we're going to have content there. We'll have content Twitter, YouTube, and then obviously the Patreon people get the kind of the first dibs, you know, on the big stuff like the Infinity War Supercut, which is going to be huge. Um, and Charles was going through some other ideas, and there's some pretty interesting ideas out there with an expanded focus, you know. Uh, uh, X-Man or two might make a killer uh, supercut, so who knows, we might get that uh, sometime soon. But yeah, we want uh, we want to bring new and exciting content to you guys, and I think this is going to be a good, solid way to do it. Um, so just be sure to follow us on everything if you want. It'd yeah. be cool if you did. Yeah, I mean, I'll go ahead since this is the podcast and this is the core of what we've done, and we've had a lot of you guys kind of be supportive by listening to the, the pod. Um, nothing will change for the podcast. I mean, we'll talk a little more different content, but I mean, it's still going to keep coming to you like it has been. Um, but you know, if you like our show and you've wanted to support us, um, there's just more ways you can do it now. Like little things like subscribing to us on YouTube is huge. Um, you know, we really need to build that subscriber base. So if you'll take, you know, 30 seconds or a minute and go to YouTube and then go to Facebook and just click like and subscribe, or if you see our photos to give them a like, all that kind of stuff is going to help us out. And so. We'll, we'll shamelessly plug ourselves at this point that we would love yeah. kind of that kind of stuff <laughs> that will, uh, that'll make a big difference. Obviously the Patreon's there too, but even just liking us on YouTube is going to do a lot to kind of help us, uh, get to the place Rhiannon said where, um, we really want to do this. Well, I don't know if this is too much behind the curtain, but one of the other things we really value, we're going to try to create a place where we always pay people who are working on stuff to get paid for what they're doing i don't know if you know this but there's a lot of places on the internet where people don't get paid for the work they do and so we're not gonna probably pay them very much but or at least early on but it's kind of a value of ours as three of us is to make sure that everybody gets something for the work they do so for sure i don't think that's too far behind the scenes i think that's that you know th- that is a big thing that that I mean, the three of us decided we are going to make this a site where we are hopefully paying people for their work. And, um, yeah, and Charles doesn't come on the podcast, but we are so excited to have him on the team. And, um, yeah, and these fantastic supercuts. I mean, if you've seen them, he should be getting paid by Marvel. Disney, Disney should be paying him for, for this fantastic advertisement that he puts together for free. <laughs> Because quality deserves reimbursement. So, you know, anything you can do to help us build up will help us keep this a cool deal. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, if we say that, on the flip side, <laughs> the three of us are, are also creating this. So we're... Uh, everybody we're, should get paid. <laughs> we say everyone should get paid. By that we mean you everyone but us right now. So, <laughs> But... We'll get there someday. <laughs> it's it's about it's about investment for the future. So, uh, awesome. All right. Um, now that being said, we are going to jump into the news, and as we said, we're um, we're going to just expand to all Marvel stuff. This is somewhat a decision because of the new far- format, but it's also a decision because um, it looks like Fox is getting folded into Disney. I mean, we assume that deal is going to go through. We're already covering the Sony stuff because we're hearing that it's MCU adjacent. And so we're getting to a point where it was like two TV shows that were the only things we wouldn't be talking about. So we just figured we'll talk about it all. So um, let's start out with our buddy, uh, our buddies over at that hashtag show who have revealed that uh, Silver and Black is on production delay uh, kind of until they get a script that they're happy with. And the director, I don't know if you've seen this, the director on Twitter has directly responded to that hashtag show to basically say, yeah, that's right, but we're going to get a script together. (laughs) Um, Which is great for the guys over there for getting that out and getting confirmation. Some internet famous people thought that that was not a real story, and then the director said, well, yeah, it is. So that was cool. Um, Are you sad? I mean, are you surprised? How are we feeling about Silver and Black being put farther away from our our viewing eyes? 
not surprised in the slightest. We should go back and listen to uh, previous pods, and uh, I can't remember what my thoughts in the past have been. Um, I'm surprised we actually got a teaser for Venom, so that's a start, but the silver and black stuff, I'm not... I don't know. You know, is it is it going to happen? You know, the, the story is that it's pushed back, and there's all this... Uh, is it in the MCU? Is it not? All that sort of talk, so... I guess, at least to me, it wasn't surprising surprising in the slightest to see that production was delayed. How far it is, who knows? Maybe indefinitely, forever, but not surprising to me. Not surprising to me. I'm pretty much surprised at any of these movies. I mean, like when the Venom trailer, I was like, oh, I think, I mean, you guys know, like when Venom, it was like, it's filming in San Francisco. I was like. I didn't even know they were filming. And then there was a trailer like the next week. So um, you could have told me Silver and Black had wrapped and given me this news and I'd have believed you either way. Uh, I mean, the really interesting thing to me is there is talk and we don't, this isn't official. It's just rumor. For a while, it's looked like Sony has maybe been interested in selling their film division. Uh, It seems that there's just a general condensing of the film industry right now uh we're seeing it with the fox and marvel deal it looks like sony is maybe wanting to hang up after making the emoji movie and realizing they had no idea what they're doing with filmmaking they've decided maybe let's go to something else um but i mean seriously much in the way that fox said uh you know we find that we do news and we do sports okay but we really don't do as well on the film side maybe we should get out of that business apparently sony is very in a similar place where they say Let's put all of our effort into consumer electronics and the stuff that we've done well for years and kind of forget the TV side or the movie side. Um, So if they're looking to sell, um, obviously the Marvel fans will really want it to be, you know, the Spidey to come back. How in the world that'll pass antitrust regulation? I mean, there was already concerns about Fox, you know, Disney buying Sony as well. We might as well just, you know, call Bob Iger our overlord and just get it over with, you know, like, um, so I I don't know. I think that that corporate side maybe is playing into all this as well, that Sony doesn't want to produce any film, much less this one. But there's also maybe maybe it's just a script thing, you know. So recently, Chris Evans was talking about uh, Black Panther and kind of the way that it was uh, being more representative of people that are always represented in Marvel movies. And in talking about women and their representation, he said he was really excited for the way that Captain Marvel and Black Widow could change that game for Marvel. Uh, do you think it was just a? Do you think that's a real slip of the tongue that he knows they're making a Black Widow movie? Or uh, I mean, it seems like confirmation that we're of what we're hearing that this is is definitely on the go, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Are you interested in a in a Black Widow movie, Rihanna? Have we talked about this? We probably have. I thought I thought the Black Widow movie was already confirmed. I thought that was and somehow official. They've officially hired someone to work on a script, I think. Okay. Alright. I mean, yeah. Um You know, it's it's something I could have always lived with or lived without. Um There's a lot of comic Black Widow stuff that I like. I think her character is... um, I don't know. In this day and age when I've watched like The Americans, where I've seen Russian spies come over and be totally American and everything, I, I... A story of a woman raised as a Russian spy and, you know, coming over to S.H.I.E.L.D., there could be something interesting. It's not a story I need to see, but... Marvel makes a lot of things I don't think I need to see and that I end up enjoying a lot. So, um, you know, that's one that like, I I never had my hopes up for it before it, you know, went into development. Um, But if the, if it gets through the development process and it happens, I'm sure it'll end up being something that we will be glad we saw. Yeah. In the live chat, uh, Michael T. Ford was mentioning that if they do a Black Widow movie, uh, that Lapita Nyong'a's Nakia needs to be part of that movie, and I agree. Like that would be 
that is that makes me much more excited about a Black Widow movie to think like different spy people. I mean, heaven forbid, maybe even throw in like, you know, um, Mockingbird in there. Like that would be that'd be a real blast to see those other characters. So. All right. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has been given a, um, a start date. It looks like that it's going to start filming in 2019, which is, I think, pretty much what we expected. Um, obviously, we've been circling that May 2020 date as a likely uh, time for Guardians to come out. Just looking ahead, um, assuming that it comes out in that time frame, Adam, you're a big Guardians fan. Um, is it going to be weird to go back to like, uh, like Guardians has always been kind of its own corner of the universe and now they're coming into Avengers Infinity War and Avengers 4. Will it be weird for you for them to uh, take off back into space or do you want to see them more earthbound? What are you thinking for uh, where Guardians 3 should go? That is a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't thought much about it. You know, I think if... I know we've heard before that um, Volume 3 is the the end of this Team of the Guardians, you know? So maybe if we can see the OG Guardians or the OG Ravagers, I guess, get a substantial amount of more time, maybe like Yondu did in Part 1. Um, because, I mean, there's some big names in that group of people to have done movies on just uh, just a cameo basis you know um so i'm not sure if, if volume three could be a, a transition type movie between this current team and you know sliced Stallone and michael uh, rosenbaum and michelle yo and, and that group of ving rames you know those those that group of people um i hope it's not earth-based i guess to get back to your original question you know they need to go back among the cosmos it'll be interesting to see how they you know the the fallout with dealing with thanos you know if, if nebula survives if gamora survives and kind of what happens to those two you know if they end up having to kill their adopted father or or whatever goes on there um but yeah i'm i'm getting antsy for it you know uh guns had the treatment done for a while now so he knows what he's doing we probably won't get Adam Warlock or Vance Astro, like he said, or Nova for that matter. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think he'll be done after Volume 3. I would guess he's probably going to keep making cosmic-based movies until he wants to hang it up. I would guess the next one after Volume 3 will probably be Ravagers. But, we'll see. Do you guys think... The fact that there's another Guardians movie is a spoiler for Infinity War. That Quill and Rocket and Groot and um, everybody survives. Um, I think there'll be some spoiling. So they're saying early 2019. I think that undoubtedly we'll get some set photos before Avengers 5 comes out. Or Avengers 4, excuse me comes out uh, in May of next year. And so probably there'll be some minor spoiling that we know somebody won't die. But I'm also expecting me to be so confused about how there'll be any Marvel Universe after Infinity War is over that I'm not sure if this will ruin it much. You know, like I think there's going to be such chaos and disaster and reality-destroying stuff that at the end of Infinity War... That I'm like, well, I don't know how they're making any movies after this. So, you know, it's not like it's going to be that big of a deal. But, I mean, that's that's just part of the problem with this cinematic universe stuff. Uh, and it's true of the comics, you know. Like, we just got solicitations for a bunch of new comics. We know that Venom isn't going to die in the next two issues of the comics because he has a new series launching with the number one, you know, in May. So... I mean, if, if one of the Guardians is to die, it's probably going to be Drax. That's got to be the leading character. Either he gets too hot-headed or... I would say or Nebula. Or, but... I could see her dying to kill Thanos. Like a fitting, like, yeah. tragic yeah. end for her. True. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Groot. Dude. They're, they're not going to make him baby Groot again, but somehow he loses an arm or something. 
reportedly uh, presumably loses an arm so that Thor can have a weapon. I have a so, bit of a complaint about that yeah. anyway. Armless he group. lost two arms, didn't he, in the first Guardians, and then just grew him back in like 15 minutes? True. What are the rules yes. of this? Yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> maybe maybe if he doesn't have, like, when you prune a tree, sometimes you have to treat that piece of the tree for it to grow back. Maybe if his arms don't get treated, they don't grow back. I'm making Groot rules. We'll, we're going to be expanding Marvel News Desk with an Arborist podcast here after this. Uh, we'll be telling you how to take care of your trees, uh, make sure those roots are, are taken good care of, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's going to be a really short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'll just be that on loop, what you just said on loop. Uh, continuing with news that's kind of new news for us to cover... Uh, it looks like Deadpool's uh, spinoff X-Force is going to start filming as early as this fall or late this year um, so that it will already be in full swing by the time that Disney takes over. Um, do you think that's just the schedule or do you think um, that the Deadpool folks are wanting to make sure they get it in before Disney gets to mess with them at all? Like. Do you think there's there's something to them trying to squeeze it out as fast as possible? Who are we referring to in this situation as the Deadpool folks? Like the studio behind Deadpool, the the management, or like Ryan Reynolds? Because the team at Deadpool kind of completely changed this year, didn't it? Like Ryan Reynolds, stay, I mean, stayed involved, but they changed directors and um, some details like that. Yeah, Tim. Uh, Tim Miller's now doing that uh, Kitty Pride movie, right. alleged Kitty Pride movie with Bendis. So apparently, Bendis is a filmmaker now. Yes, he leaves Marvel, but he gets a Marvel movie to make. <laughs> right. So yeah, by Deadpool people, I guess I don't know. It always seems like there's producers and like between Reynolds and maybe Simon Kinberg and some of those people. You know, like some of the main movers behind it uh, wanting to kind of do it their way before there's any status quo change, you know, is kind of what I was thinking. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they want their, their raunch and debauchery and worries that um, Disney will come and ruin the R-rated world. All right, next bit of news. Uh, Everett Ross is supposed to appear in some future MCU movies. Um, there was, uh, there's been some talk online that maybe he'll be in Captain Marvel since he was an Air Force person and she's an Air Force person. Um, I don't know. Would you guys like to see Everett Ross show back up in Captain Marvel? Sure. I enjoyed him. He can be the... I mean, but that would be going back in time. I mean, so it would have to be a 30 years younger Everett Ross, right? Uh, Yeah, or 25, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Which leads me to the important question, how old is Martin Freeman? I, I feel like he's someone I really struggle because he's got, like, the premature white kind of thing going on, like, <laughs> or premature gray hair, you know? Like, how old is that guy? <laughs> I mean, I would say 40s. I don't. I don't know. I know we have to Google. That's exactly um, what I'm doing. I, I mean, just the, the fun thing would be is after his incident with Mabaku and, you know, being woofed into silence when he tried to sort of speak up and explain something, it would just sort of be funny if, if it was in the continuity where it was after that. He was like, no, 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 I will not try to explain anything to you now. Um, go down that road in a Captain Marvel movie. But if it's going back in time that can't happen so he's 46 so he could be in his mid-20s in a in a throwback so hmm that would be interesting adam any thoughts about martin freeman showing up in more marvel movies how much is this uh captain marvel movie being in the past going to mess with the timeline Ugh. there's going to be all sorts of continuity stuff that pops up and we're going to be making notes and we're like, well, if this happened in 1994, then there's no way, you know, but yeah, I loved, I loved Ross and, um, Black Panther. So 
they'll probably end up making him into the new Coulson or whatever. And he just kind of shows up movie to movie to movie as a, what's he, is he, he's CIA or yes, I guess I CIA. haven't paid that much attention. In the movie he's they CIA. say CIA and Black Panther. I went and saw it again, you guys. Oh, it's already made it nice. down there. It's not been on yeah. the, uh, the like two month <laughs> delay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think this is probably an entire like main conversation. It's bothering me that I have to start to think about viewing order. Like I'm one of these parents that significantly struggled with the, my philosophical stance on what order to watch Star Wars movies with my kids. Ooh, you know, like, yeah. I don't know if you realize this, but for parents, it's a very hard decision. Like, what order are you going to put your kids through these movies? Yeah. And for Marvel movies, I just always hoped it would be sequential. But already we've had Doctor Strange is like really weird. We don't know where it fits. And Guardians 2 is like shoved back to where it should happen right after Guardians 1. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp looks like it's probably going to be a flashback to before Infinity War. And um, Captain Marvel is going to happen in the 90s. And like now I'm really like I'm going to have to seriously think, go through this process all over again. of like what order am I watching these with my kids when I'm getting ready to show them. So. It's going to be frustrating. Well, that sounds like something that when you figure it out, you need to share with the world. Via a video on the YouTube.com <laughs> slash. No, we don't actually. Right now it's watch.marvelnewsdesk.com because we're not say, big enough for YouTube to give us a real channel. So you've got to go to watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Hopefully by the next week or two, we'll get enough subscribers to get YouTube.com slash marvelnewsdesk. So. But I was thinking more as a favor to other fathers in the world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. If I, if nothing else, helping dads show their kids Marvel movies is something I would love to leave the planet. So. Yeah, yeah. I think we're at a point in the uh, podcast where I'm just going to say a bunch of other news things and you tell me if they're interesting. So um, we got a new Jessica Jones trailer that was like all first season footage recut felt like a fan trailer almost it was really kind of bizarre so um there was that i don't i don't think there's a whole lot to talk about there uh, more and more um infinity war like t-shirts and promo art is coming out we're seeing more of cap shields uh tony is going to be blasting water or blue plasma or something i can't quite tell from all the photos uh but he's got a new armor um um Oh, there's, these are things that are too good. All right. So that stuff's happening. If you guys want to talk about it, tell me in a little bit. <laughs> Back to regular news, because these are too good not to mention. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is getting an animated TV show with Lawrence Fishburne like producing. Is this not the coolest thing? Totally excited for you. Sure. I know you're super hyped about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me ask this. If they decided to make this part of MCU canon, it's just like an animated, like stuff that's happening in the corner, almost like Runaways. It's not super connected, but it's technically canon. Would you watch a animated kid show just because it was canon? Or would you, I mean, in other words, could Marvel convince you to watch this just by giving a couple of throwaway connections to the MCU? I mean, we all watched Inhumans because it was canon, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about it before. I think animation has its place. I know the Arrowverse does it. Uh, Star Wars does it. I know Arrowverse has actually referenced the cartoons on um, the live-action shows, so it's doable. I don't know. Marvel animation's never really been a big hitter. You know, DC has their their movies and stuff, but yeah, I mean, I'd watch it. Cartoons are awesome, man. What are you talking about? Uh, Rihanna, I'll ask you about this. This is the only news piece I have left that I think is worth talking about. Um, we're starting to get little uh, trailers for, oh, you know what? We're going to talk about the main conversation. That's why I didn't talk about it. All right, so I gave you one more news piece. It's not really important. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix is definitely going to have the scrolls, so yay, two sets of scrolls to confuse viewers like Quicksilver. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fox, for continuing to suck even after you've been purchased. All right, Adam, 
You were not with us for Black Panther last week, so I thought we'd give you just a minute or two or seven, I don't care, to go ahead and uh, tell us what you thought about uh, Black Panther. It was very, very good. Um, I, I don't even, I don't want to talk about it because then I'll be on record and everyone will hate me for my thoughts. <laughs> um, but I liked it. I'll probably rank it, um, five ish, right around five on my, on my list of MCU movies. I am not as big a fan of Killmonger as everyone else. I don't mind the character, um, himself you know i think his motivations were clear and i was sympathetic towards the character i just don't think the portrayal was as good as everyone says it was um there were just a couple of instances um i just i don't know i wasn't sure if it was poor acting or uh, there were a couple moments where it was just kind of over the top for me in terms of killmonger I know you want to say something. Well, I was going to say, Rhiannon, what do you think will make Adam more hate-worthy on the internet? Disliking Killmonger as a character or disliking Michael B. Jordan as an actor? Because I think both have reached uh, the question of something that you cannot question anymore on the internet. No, I think, I mean, no, no. Because what I think we've seen on the internet in the past week, and, and I brought it up in the podcast last week, was that Killmonger was pretty... Uh, that the ending of the movie and just like full spoilers the ending of the movie made a lot of people very sympathetic to Killmonger to the fact that I saw a lot of stuff on the internet this week about hey guys Killmonger was a bad guy yeah and when I rewatched the movie I was like oh my gosh I completely forgot about his girlfriend um I completely <laughs> forgot, like, so many details about him. You know, there was a lot of the internet reminding people Killmonger's a bad guy. So I think, um, I, I mean, if I had to judge the whims of uh, listeners judging Adam, or if I had to anticipate <laughs> listeners judging Adam, I think not liking Killmonger it actually isn't a bad, um, I think it's okay. And I, you know, and Adam, after listen, after like you mentioned your comments on your thoughts on Killmonger, I went back and watched Creed, or tried to. I mean, I fell asleep. But who knows? Punch, punch, pow, woo. Somebody won. Um, <laughs> and I didn't love him in that. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't love him. So I don't know. I mean, will people hate both of us for not loving Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> For the record, internet, I love Michael B. Jordan. I totally love Michael B. Jordan. It is the other two. It's not me. You're like, oh my god, our new website just goes down the drain right there. <laughs> MND, more like MBJ haters. Yeah. That wasn't as funny as I hoped it would be. But anyway. <laughs> outside, outside of that, I mean, I love the movie. Um, the comedy was spot on. Shuri was amazing. Oh man, she deserves her own franchise. Give her 50 solo movies. I loved her. Um, the world building that they did with Wakanda in the span of one movie is amazing. You know, we've had three Thor movies and Asgard's still nothing, you know, compared to what we saw of Wakanda in, in Black Panther. Um... I mean, it was a beautiful movie. I did have another. I mean, the the CGI looked off. I don't want to say it was obviously it wasn't mustache bad. It just it just looked off. I'm not sure if it was the style or what it was. You know, there was like the whole vibranium mine with uh, the trains and stuff. I, I I don't know. I don't want to say it was bad. It just looked off to me. But other than that, I mean, eight and a half to nine out of ten. Um, yeah, I'd definitely rank it, uh, probably top five, if not five, six, right around there. It was a very solid flick. I'll probably watch it in theaters at least one more time. All right. So there's a couple Black Panther things I wanted to talk about that have come up since last week. Um, there's been some talk on the internet that it'd be really cool 
um, in the comic books, they have had this character, Riri Williams, who's kind of taken over uh, the Iron Man persona as kind of this young, intelligent African-American woman. Uh, and there's talk of what if they just kind of combined Riri with Shuri a little bit here so that when uh, Robert Downey Jr. leaves, we have Shuri take over as Iron Man. Would you guys kind of enjoy that rewrite and the combo of those two characters, or should we just get a uh, a Riri all by herself? I think I would be fine with Shuri being Riri, but I think the universe can handle another young woman of color that does badass things. You know, they can have two. How many white boys named Chris do we have in the universe? I mean, you can have absolutely. You can have two powerful women. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. I think that's that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's the obvious criticism that has come when that with that suggestion. That being said, I I mean, Shuri as Iron Heart would be fun. I think. I think it'd be really funny to hear her voice inside that Iron Man suit. You know. I mean, if anything, they need to be friends. I mean, and I'm totally fine with Shuri coming up with a costume so that her buddy Riri can do it. You know, be like, oh, I found this primitive Iron Man costume, but I upgraded it 43 times and here you go. Um, Take on all those white boys named Chris. Rule the world. Well, and they have this cool mechanism now with these Wakandan outreach centers that Shuri is going to handle like the science part of. It's this opportunity now for all kinds of characters like a Miles Morales or a Riri or whoever, right? Like it's just a natural plot device for these younger characters, a Kamala Khan for that matter, to like somehow come up through the system in one of these Wakandan science outreach places. I think that could be really cool to see some of these other characters come in. I'd also at Black Panther just... An update if you are if you've missed it everywhere on the internet because it's everywhere. Uh, the movie continues to make a ton of mo- money. It does look like it will possibly be the all-time domestic champ, uh, making more money in the U.S. and Canada than any Marvel movie ever, including Avengers, which is pretty significant. Uh, also, it has the highest rating of any superhero movie on Rotten Tomatoes. So there's some kind of advanced rating they do where they average in how many like reviews it was given and all that kind of stuff. And before this, Wonder Woman was the number one spot, and now Black Panther's above it. So uh, it is continuing to knock it out of the park. All right, I think that does it for our Black Panther talk uh, for this week. I think we'll obviously come back to it a little bit by little bit. Oh, I remember the other thing I was going to say. If you want to get Michael B. Jordan whiplash... Go back and watch him on Parenthood and then watch him as Killmonger. So on Parenthood, he was like a young kid. He started dating the high school daughter on the TV show and like her and him started dating and he was like a little bit older than her and he like had a, he was like living in the inner city and like had a like alcohol thing, I want to say. And he has to convince her dad that he's a nice guy. And so he comes up with this charming Michael B. Jordan-ness and was like, really, uh, Mr. Braverman, I'm, I'm going to be good to your daughter, I promise. And like he has this role where he like, um, he shows that he's a real stand-up guy and he's real charming and he's kind and he proves to the dad he's such a nice guy. It is the exact opposite of Killmonger. I don't know. It's just a very different role. It's kind of interesting. So. Uh, so we thought today for our main discussion, we would go ahead and talk about um, the X stuff coming up this year. So we're going to expand the podcast to talk about Fox's TV shows and movies and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we've done a preview for the year um, on other shows and now uh, other shows and movies for the MCU. And we thought since we hadn't talked about X-Men that we'd go ahead and do that and kind of get into that groove and give our thoughts on that. So uh, we're going to go kind of through the calendar and the things that are coming. And I'm super excited about this next thing that comes. So excited that I almost did it out of order and talked about it in the news. Um, Legion is starting to come back. And they are starting to do advertisements. Have you guys seen any of these ads so far? I uh, I saw a few uh, videos scrolling through Facebook. Um so I noticed that they were doing some sponsored ads on Facebook. 
But other than that, I haven't seen commercials or anything. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, what I saw was, one was like a real short intro that had, it almost was like a Joker thing, where like a lot of the characters had this like huge smile on their face and their teeth were chattering. Like they had just like come in contact with something horrific. And then the other one was uh, Aubrey Plaza re, uh, doing her role again. But this time she was pretending to be a viewer's therapist and like trying to play the game on the viewer that she does with like the characters on the show. She's like, what you saw last season, that wasn't a real TV show. That was just all in your head. Like, you're sick. You really need help. None of those images were anything that like it was really kind of fun to see them like turn around. And I'm just pumped to see this show again. Uh, did you enjoy the first season of Legion? But yeah, it's it's one of my favorite Marvel things today. It's it has super high quality stuff. Um, it's unfortunate the MCU doesn't have a TV show that good. But yeah, I loved it. I can't wait for it to come back. When's it come back? March? Yeah, sometime next month. FX is pushing Atlanta's coming back and FX and um, Legion both like within a couple weeks of each other so yeah fx is uh probably one of the best at least in original programming these days fx and fxx and however many x's they got i found the thing i liked with legion um you know so many of these things we get caught up with continuity and time and like the gifted people are always like oh, well, how does this relate to Magneto and where does it fit into the, you know? And I love that Legion, it's like Professor X is a kind of elliptically seen, you know, for just a couple of seconds. And we do know that Legion is X's son, but like they're just not playing that game. They're not going to that place and they're just, they're just letting it go. You know, they're just letting it be its own thing in its own space. And to me, it's the best argument for why MCU continuity is maybe overdone. You know, that it's it helps to have something that's that free. Yeah. Agreed. Do you think, I mean, do you think the MCU is ever going to get to that point? Well, where it's essentially not the MCU at all? It's just kind of everything on its own? Or I'm, I, I think I'm happy with what they're doing with, like, Runaways. Um, where... You know, they don't have to say, oh, no, this is not in the MCU. Like, they can continue to put it in the same world, and they have options for crossover. And then if they do it, they do it, and if they don't, they don't. You know, like, for me, Cloak and Dagger and Runaways are is an obvious one that they could do, right? Like, a, an obvious crossover. I don't have to have it, but I love that it's an option to have it. And... You know, until they want to use the same characters as somebody else, I, I guess that's the biggest problem. Is someday if Runaways wants to do a Victor, a version of Ultron, so they can do Victor Mancha, you know, like that's where I guess you start to have problems. But until that's an issue, just go ahead and at least make it feel like it's the same universe. There's no reason to kill the connections ahead of gotcha. time. You know? Does it? Does the um does the lack of connection bother you with like the DC stuff? I don't think so. I mean, obviously, I preferred the TV shows to the movies. Um, but I mean, that way, it's pretty clear that. I mean, is that what you're talking about? The the break between TVs and movies? Yeah. Yeah. Just cause I mean, it's pretty yeah, clear absolutely. that. Uh, I mean, forever ago on the in on the TV shows, they introduced the multiverse. Um. Which is, I mean, Shields kind of hinted at it this year, you know. So, I mean, if someday, for whatever reason, you know, there is a TV movie crossover with the DC characters, um, I mean, it could be very easily explained. But the way it stands now, you know, I, I guess there's no expectations that Ben Affleck's going to show up on Arrow or The Flash or Legends of Tomorrow. You know, I mean, there are Bruce Wayne references all the time, but... I don't think there's an expectation that he's going to show up in the next Batman movie. <laughs> Good <so>. point. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it it doesn't bother me. You know, like you said earlier, there's there's plenty of crawl, even between their animated shorts or, or whatever you want to call it in their live-action TV shows. 
So I, I, I don't think it, it bothers me that much. I mean, now that we have S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inhumans and the Netflix shows and all that stuff, you know, that are pretty clearly in the in the same universe, you know, it'd be kind of crappy if they, for whatever reason, they split that up just because it's already there. But, I mean, obviously this season we haven't gotten anything in form of crossover on S.H.I.E.L.D. yet. Yeah, so I, I think um, as Legion comes up, I'm mostly interested just to see what they do villain-wise. Like, if they keep it just the Shadow Cat, or if they go somewhere else. You know, we had that cliffhanger where he was kind of like taken away in that little ball or orb or whatever. And um, I'll just be interested to see kind of where that where that goes and how that develops. Uh, it seems like they're going to try to do something somewhat still scary. I mean, we talk about scary in the MCU. Legion is the scariest, Mar- the scariest Marvel thing I've ever watched. Man, that oh, Aubrey Plaza just freaked me out. I couldn't watch that thing close yeah. to bedtime. It was not good. So, yeah. seeing her and Jermaine Clement together a lot next season, it's going to make me so happy. I'm just anticipating that I'm going to be crying from laughing and peeing my pants in fear simultaneously. <laughs> you know, like. They're going to some way make horror comedy. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Rhiannon, you, uh, do you like Legion? We we're about just finishing up our talk about Legion and what we're expecting for the season. Yeah, I love it. My mom loves it. So if you're listening to the podcast, Rhiannon just said that she really likes <laughs> Legion and she really <laughs> likes Aubrey Plaza and she likes that commercial that I did, talked about and that she went to the panel at San Diego Comic-Con and that was awesome. All right. Uh, we should probably take a moment to mention that in April we were supposed to get new mutants and we're not getting that anymore. Uh, we've talked about a horror property in the MCU and it looked like we we're finally getting at least an X-Men horror property. Um, were you sad when new mutants got delayed, Adam? Or was it just like, okay, <laughs> like how did you feel about that property for what you saw? I guess I didn't have too many feelings you know it's it's one of the silver and black deals you know one i was surprised we at least got a teaser but then they de- they delayed it like a year or like 11 months or almost a year so it's crazy i, I have no idea why um yeah it, it's something new you know it looked completely off the wall and nothing like we've seen before so i was i mean my interest was peaked um then it was dashed because it was delayed by a full year. So I don't know what they're, if I think the, uh, what was the verbiage on it? They needed to delay it cause it wasn't scary enough or it wasn't enough of a horror movie or something. Or it was too uh, scary. Some people were reporting like it was something about the scare yeah. level, but we're not sure <laughs> if it was low. too high or too low. So yeah, I mean, it's completely something else, you know. I mean, with Scott Derrickson on Doctor Strange, are we going to see something like that? Probably not. You know, not in the MCU movies at least. So yeah, I, I'd be very interesting to see what um, what they do with it. You know, I, I am bummed they they delayed it a whole year. You know, Scott Derrickson tweeted something the other night. He said something about how horror movies kind of get a bad rap for being bad movies of such, but you should look it up. It's good. He says how fear is one of the most important emotions and and things of that nature. But I digress. Yeah, I I saw online somebody said, it might have been Mr. Sunday Movies, said that for a a superhero movie, it looked totally different. And for a horror movie, it looked totally average exactly. you know like it just a lot of the the stuff in it was like average horror movie tropes and they're like this is not how you do a superhero you know horror movie. i guess i mean i was re-watching mcu teasers the other day and i watched the ultron teaser and that was even kind of borderline horror you know and then it, the movie came and we all know how that ended up so who knows, maybe it was going to be a comedy, you know, stand-up comedy routine or something. Who puts out a trailer? Like a full, like, 90-second, like, legit coming this spring trailer in, like, I guess it came out October of last year. And then two months later, it's like, you know, we're going to put that one off for a year. Like, that seems so weird. So then uh, the big one uh, for Fox is obviously going to be Deadpool 2. 
on the podcast before, I think I have mentioned how I generally hate Deadpool. But now that we're covered on Marvel News Desk, I'm going to be there opening weekend, baby. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. You just don't like so, the crude humor, humor or what? Yeah. I, I've always been... So, I don't know. This could reveal all sorts of things about me. I don't... Uh, this is the same reason I don't like a lot of HBO shows. Like, when there's somebody... It seems immature to me to have this instinct to be like, oh, I'm not supposed to curse, but mom and dad aren't here, so boom, I'm dropping F-bombs, you know? Like, And I always feel like HBO is that way. They're like, hey, we're a network where we don't have censorship, so look, look at all these boobs, 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 <laughs> you know? Like, I I just find that to be an immature like okay. take, but... <laughs> I mean, you guys both enjoyed Deadpool quite a bit. Are oh. you guys looking forward to this new one and the trailer and all the stuff we've seen? Deadpool is great, man. That type of humor is right up my alley. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was so good. I mean, it was so good. I mean, Ryan Reynolds nailed it. You know, that's why if they ever, they've got to have him carry over in the MCU, you know? I mean, I think Rhiannon, at least this is the idea I heard first from Rhiannon is, Unfortunately, once Stan the Man does pass on, you know, Deadpool's going to be the next cameo machine, and I think that would be brilliant. So, I love Deadpool. I'm looking for Deadpool 2. We're apparently getting some sort of the X-Force in it. You know, they just dropped that bombshell in the the trailer. You know, uh, Terry Crews is in it, apparently. He's something that I think that's like Shatterstar and another whole group full of mutant d-list characters so uh yeah josh brolin man he's gonna have a big year rhiannon have you felt about the uh, deadpool trailers that you've seen so far for deadpool 2 i didn't i haven't loved them i i what i loved about the first deadpool was all of the advertising for it i mean before the movie came out i loved all the advertising for it this it feels a, a lot about the second movie is going to be them trying to catch lightning in the bottle again and it will be shocking if they do a second movie that was as good as that first one and already i don't feel like the advertising is as good as the first season's advertising the bob ross painting was meh um and i don't really remember many of the other ones i know there was one with cable but it wasn't exciting. So we'll see. They still have time to excite me. Yeah, it'll be fun to see. I mean, the first one was so much of him just talking, you know, like just talking to himself. They have the challenge now of bringing in kind of Cable and Domino and kind of what roles. I mean, you would think Cable would be kind of the straight man in the comedy. You wonder exactly how Domino fits into that and how she works. I mean, I am excited to see Zaze Beats play that character. I think that'll be fun. Um, But yeah, I think having the chemistry of the three of them be as fun and funny as just him talking to himself will be difficult. But I also think him talking to himself to continue to be funny will be difficult. I I just feel like it's it's a thing that, (laughs) that was was enjoyable the first time. I just feel like it's something that could grate on my nerves quickly. But maybe that's just because I'm not the intended audience. So we'll see. (laughs) It is interesting that it's coming out so close to Infinity War. I mean, it's two weeks after. So whether that hurts Infinity War's legs or it hurts their opening or neither. I mean, for Brolin... I, he can't possibly be done with the one press tour before he's got to start the other one. You know, like it'll be fascinating to see how Marvel and Fox share him for TV shows and stuff. All right. Last thing that we have for the X-Men preview is we are getting X-Men Dark Phoenix. So I guess the way I should put this is, do you have, is there any bit of any of the three of us that are like, Oh, another dark Phoenix movie. That sounds like a good idea. Cause I don't feel that way at all. Do you guys? I'm not sure I've talked to a single person who's even remotely interested in this, uh, especially after whatever apocalypse was, that was a pseudo movie of sorts that happened. Um, yeah. Um, now the scrolls are, ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know about this. Did you? Uh, all right. So, did you guys like the last Dark Phoenix movie? Because <laughs> it seemed to be pretty terrible. <laughs> Somehow, it seems weird to me that they're going, "Hey, let's do that again." I didn't see it. I'm not sure what the last. I mean, I didn't mind. I was about to say I'm not sure the last X Men movie I liked was, but First Class and Days of Future Past weren't bad, but X Men Three was. It was was that X Men Two or X Men Three? It was three. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean it's it seems really weird to me they're doing it. I mean it seems like a preordained finale to that series you know like uh, we have no doubt that when marvel takes this over that this is all gonna get scrapped i think you know there's no hope of this continuing on into the mcu and so it's this really weird lame duck movie they shot it really fast like you were teasing earlier that we could have told you silver and rap silver and black wrapped and it wouldn't have surprised you rhiannon when they told when i heard that the dark phoenix wrapped i was like they started I like, you know, like there was no like set photos. There was no buzz. It was just like, it's like they got Jessica Chastain and Charles McAvoy for like 10 minutes in a closet. And then they were like, okay, there we go. We're all done. You know, like I do not know what's going on with this or why they think it's a good idea. Um, I don't like the girl that they have from game of Thrones. Who's playing, Jean Grey, I didn't find her particularly interesting in the last one. Um, I think this will be the interesting thing as we expand and talking about these movies is we're not used to talking about stuff we hate because we love all the MCU stuff. And we're going to, you know, like it's going to start happening where we're going to have have things that we have to watch to talk about on the podcast. And so that could be that'll be interesting. Um, last thing we should talk about is uh, I believe The Gifted has been renewed for a second season. Um, I've only, I feel bad. I've only watched like five episodes of that, I think. Um, did you guys watch some of it, all of it? What'd you think? I am right about where you are. It was, I, I didn't think it was like putrid. By any means. I know I have some friends that don't watch the other Marvel stuff and they are just dying over gifted. Um, I'm only a couple episodes in, but I am excited to watch it one day when I have time. Yes. For me, it's been one of those, Oh, I'm really, I'm going to watch that when I have time. And the fact that I never have time to watch it seems to be an indictment against just how excited I am to watch it. You know, like, because if it's something like like when Jessica Jones comes out, I will carve out 13 hours in a week to watch, you know, that show. So it's really I mean, it's weird that way. I don't think anybody that I've talked to really hates The Gifted. It's just um, just wasn't a priority. Um, I did love I felt like the special effects were pretty good on that. Um, the way they did Blink's uh, power the last episode, I feel like I watched her powers were literally on the Blink. And, like, she was opening portals and, like, random stuff was, like, flying into their safe house. And I thought it created a really fun drama. Like, I just, I thought it was creative storytelling. I've seen her power set a million times in the comics. And I love them kind of doing something new with it. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see, uh, I think, more of that show. Uh, I'll be even more excited and could talk more about it once I know how that first season ended. Because I'm not quite there yet, so. Uh, but we'll, I'll get there. It'll be on my list now as it's part of my Marvel News Desk non-job jobs. Oh, Michael T. Ford gave us a good idea. Maybe this, this could be maybe a future podcast as well. We should uh, rate all of the Fox X-Men stuff on a scale of how much we want it to be part of the MCU. So uh, that could be, yeah, that could be interesting. Particularly if we go through all, like, x-men origins x-men 2 you know i'll tell you right now what i most want in the mcu is a nightcrawler scene as good as that first white house scene in x2 yeah i don't know if you guys remember that but he like attacks the president just to show that he can and it's it's one of the better action scenes in the history of comic book movies i think i don't know i haven't watched it recently It, it might not hold up but all right, it is time to hit uh, the mailbag. So let me see if I can pull up here some comments about last week. 
Um, all right, comment from Dave. Uh, I can picture a post-credit scene after Infinity War. Iron Man returns to his lab and finds Shuri there tinkering. How'd you get in here? You're all a sister, right? Uh, Riri? No, Shuri. Whatever. What's that you're holding? Just something I fixed here. It should be. It should help. Oh, um, don't mess with my stuff. <laughs> so yeah, that would be kind of cool. I think everybody's wanting to see Tony Stark and uh, and Shuri together now. Um, Fan Amir was talking about how he loves Kitty Pride and would really love to see that Tim Miller movie kind of come into uh, existence. So I I don't know. I feel like I'm growing on it. Uh, the more I hear about it. Um, let me ask this question. If they did a Kitty Pride movie, would you like to see Ellen Page back, or do you want to see somebody new in the role? I know this isn't part of the question. Can we get someone besides Brian Michael Bendis to write it? <laughs> you, <laughs> don't, you don't want to see Bendis take on a movie? You don't think that he's, like, infallible? Uh, I'm not on Team Bendis. I don't know why people are, but there's a lot of dedicated followers there. It's just... <laughs> I'm just not one of them. Oh, this could be a good fight, Rhiannon. What do you think of Brian Michael Bendis? I mean, I I don't know him personally, but um, I I don't have strong feelings either way. I've liked a lot of his Daredevil stuff, um, and that's pretty much the only exposure I've had. I enjoy following him on the internet. He's very open and honest and seems to let fans in as much as he can. And he knows that, like, the Marvel fandom hates him. Or, you know, some subsets of it. Like Adam. So. Um, yeah, what I what I like about Bendis, or at least appreciate about him, is a lot of the MCU exists because of him. Like, his take on these characters is what a lot of the filmmakers used. Even Spider-Man Homecoming, there's a significant amount of Miles Morales Bendis Spider-Man in that. So I I feel like he deserves credit for that. Yeah, but besides, I mean, you said a lot. That's like the only example I can think of was Spider-Man Homecoming. I would say a lot of of Daredevil and Jessica Jones is all his doing. Even the take on Luke Cage was heavily influenced by Bendis. And I think some of Bendis's Iron Man stuff too, and his uh, unlim- uh yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, we're good. Next mailbag topic. <laughs> um, Fanimir also was talking about how much he loved Black Panther, and it was so good. Um, um, and just yeah, lots of good thoughts there. You can find that uh, on MCU Exchange comments. Uh, Love Waffle. Uh, didn't mind what they did with Claw. The whole uh, living construct made of sound thing was too goofy, he felt like, for the movie. And that makes sense. Uh, Chris had lots of good comments about um, the score of the movie and how good that was. Um, and he talked a little more about Claw and how connected it was to the comics. Uh, and how good Wakanda was and made Asgard look like a high school theater set. That sounds like something you'd say, Adam. And then uh, 084 um, was wondering if Shuri could be the one in the Hulkbuster armor. So this has been going around too. Do you guys think it's possible that Shuri's the one in the Hulkbuster armor in that Infinity War trailer? If she is, I want it to be that she's in like the little setup in Wakanda, like the little imaginary area piloting it and not physically inside the suit. Yeah, I think that's kind of what people are thinking. I think that would be kind of fun, so... Um, I should say, uh, as far as the um, the mailbag goes, uh, if you have been commenting on posts that we might make uh, on the web, we're probably, uh, since we're moving to this Marvel News Desk thing, the same commenting feature may not be as available as it used to be. So uh, definitely if you want to talk to the show, uh, you can send us stuff um, to our YouTube channel. Or uh, you can send us stuff uh, via Twitter at Marvel News Desk. Um, pretty soon we'll be launching our website, MarvelNewsDesk.com, and there'll be a comment function, I'm sure, on the post. Is that right, Adam? Yep. Same exact uh, software and all that stuff, so you can use your same accounts and discuss stuff. So, 
Yeah, so mailbag might be a little, uh, we might have to transition on that, but it will be coming. So, um, awesome. But, uh, all right. Uh, also, in the live stream, um, we've had um, Jack Hammer and Michael T. Ford commenting along the way. Thanks for watching, guys. Jack Hammer is super pumped about Deadpool. I didn't realize his screen name is a Deadpool reference anyway, so that's good. Um, Michael T. Ford had lots of good stuff along the way. He was great on the podcast, by the way. Thank you last week for doing that. Um, and he just uh, he's mentioned that with Gifted, he felt like there was uh, a lot of stuff to love, but it could use some more work and all that stuff. So, all right, uh, I think that does it. Um, I have to kind of rewrite this, but let's just remind you that you can support our show a bunch of ways. Go right now to www.marvelnews or watch.marvelnewsdesk.com and it'll take you to our YouTube channel and give us a, sub a subscribe. That'll be awesome. Go to facebook.com slash marvelnewsdesk and like us on Facebook, like some of our memes, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, let, let get it, help us get that going. If you want to support the show in a financial way, you can go to patreon.com slash marvelnewsdesk and that will, uh, hook you up. It'll also help you get early access to the videos, including that supercut that's coming. Um, you can, uh, when you become a Patreon subscriber, you'll also get access to our special MCU film ranking episode that's only available to Patreon supporters. Um, you can help other people see the show if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And the most important thing is just keep on listening and telling your friends about it. Uh, we are thankful to Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V. Cox. And thanks to Alvin for our great theme music. You can find him at The Skull School. Um, and that's on a lot of different social media platforms. All right. Uh, is that it, guys? Is there anything else we need to say on this very exciting launching into a new world episode of the podcast? I think you covered it, man. Otherwise, we're uh, having uh, the website sometime this week, probably. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. We'll post on social, of course, but. And I guess we should mention there is, uh, you're, we're working on a newsletter list, right? Currently, marvelnewsdesk.com is the newsletter sign up? Correct. All right. I, that does it, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. We're excited about this next new stage. We'd love to hear your thoughts on things we could do, video content you'd like to see, all that kind of stuff. Um, share all that with us and we'll talk to you next week. Uh, that does it for this episode of the podcast. See you guys later. Bye.